Hey all, Bina007 back for some movie reviews. This week is a really great one for UK cinema. There's a lot of really fantastic movies out there. Everything from Paul Thomas Anderson's The Phantom Thread, which is Daniel Day-Lewis's last ever movie and for which he's nominated for an Oscar. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing this film. I think he's one of our great actors and Paul Thomas Anderson is one of our really unique, beautiful directors. Haven't seen it yet, though, so can't review it. I'm also kind of looking forward to, it looks like a bit of a sort of hokey gothic horror called Winchester, starring Helen Mirren. And finally, a shout out to the British Film Institute's restoration of Shiraz, A Romance of India. This is a 105-minute black-and-white film originally made in 1928 by, I think, a German director called Frank Austin, which has been really lovingly restored by the BFI and has an all-new score by Anushka Shankar. And it's based on the story of the 17th-century Mughal ruler Shah Jahan, his queen, and the building of the Taj Mahal. So that sounds fantastic. I missed seeing that on the big screen at the London Film Festival last year, so I can't wait to go to the BFI and watch it this weekend, hopefully. So what am I going to talk to you about today? Well, two films that are coming out this weekend in the UK. The first is a legal drama called Roman J. Israel Esquire, unusual name for an unusual film, but it stars Denzel Washington in a role that he's also been nominated for an Oscar for. And then I'm going to review the World War One drama Journey's End, which I think is a really glorious film. So let's begin with Roman J. Israel Esquire. Denzel Washington plays the titular character who is a schlubby, socially awkward lawyer living in Los Angeles. He seems like a throwback to another age. He's full of gallant and noble ideas, not just about civil rights and the power of the law, but also about chivalry and the fact that a gentleman should offer a seat to a lady all sorts of ideas that are seen to be hopelessly anachronistic. And Denzel Washington gives this role such a beautifully credible physicality. I'm not sure if he put on weight or if he's wearing a bit of a fat suit, but something about something about the way he carries himself, the rounding of the shoulders, a more shuffling overweight walk, his kind of crazy grown-out afro and these really amazing 1970s aviator glasses. He even takes out the cap between his front two teeth so you see the gap that gives him a kind of goofiness when he smiles. But overall, this is a guy who feels old and weary and you see it in actually kind of the, the chubby shape of his hands as he types. I don't know how to describe it. It really is quite an impressive performance. The story takes place over less than a month. It starts off with this crisis point that Roman has always been the backroom guy, the legal brain that powers his very small legal practice of two partners. And the other partner falls into a coma and then dies. And this leaves Roman exposed to the world, really for the first time. He's both exposed to some of the nefarious dealings that have kept his own practice afloat. And that's obviously a great shock to him. But he's then offered a job by his ex-partner's protege, George Pierce, played by Colin Farrell. 
and has to join a high-tech modern legal firm that does, you know, engage in the law in the modern way. And that way is doing a lot of plea bargaining. And what Denzel Washington's character really wants to do, his life, his life's work, his earnest intention is to compile a class action lawsuit to represent the rights of all those people who were kind of cajoled into taking plea bargains and taking prison time, even when they might have been innocent, on the advice of a legal machinery that just wants to get them through as speedily and cheaply as possible. When you see Roman J. Israel Esquire step into this legal office of George Pierce, you think that a conventional courtroom drama is going to pit the two men against each other, that it's going to be a battle of the earnest, schlubby civil rights guy versus the very slick corporate lawyer. But this is a far more subtle story than that. And I really want to give a shout out to the writer-director, Dan Gilroy. And this is his second film. Um, Those of you who have heard of him might have remembered that he did this really sleazy, nasty, gritty, brilliant film called Nightcrawler a few years ago, which starred Jake Gyllenhaal. And it was all about the kind of, if it bleeds, it leads shock exploitation journalism. I mean, this is not as seamy and nasty a film as that, but it does have a certain fondness for showing you know, the reality of downtown LA and the reality of behind the slick facade, cramped, claustrophobic law offices. And there's a certain way in which he uses the camera with his DP, Robert Elswit, that kind of just has it linger, sneak up on people. Just, I don't know, there's a sense of uneasiness that I felt um, in this film. So while it would have been very easy to have the tension between, you know, old fashioned lawyer and new criminal commercial lawyer, actually the conflict and the tension is all within Roman himself, that he is so shocked in his world crumbling away from him that he has a moment of weakness and he gives up on his ideals and he makes a bad decision. And I don't want to reveal what it is, but that's what powers the consequences that we see for the second half of the film. And there's an awful, awful tragic irony that while Roman is this beacon of hope and good intentions and transformative for the people around him, you know, he even provokes George Pierce, the Colin Farrell character, to do some pro bono work he cannot at all times be that guiding light for himself. And in creating that kind of a script and that kind of tension, I feel that what Dan Gilroy has done is rather than contain, uh, creating the good guy and the bad guy, he's given us far more nuanced characters. So Colin Farrell isn't the kind of cigar-chomping Wall Street, you know, super slick lawyer that's just all out for himself. He does have shades within him. He does genuinely care for Roman. And Roman isn't just a martyr. There is shade to him. There is, you know, baser instincts and desires. So I really like that. I really think there's some heft to this film. I also feel that what that script does is allow Roman to become more than just a series of ticks and quirks. You know, the way you see him and meet him, he is probably borderline autistic and he could have been played as just almost a a caricature. But the script allows Denzel Washington to make him something far more rounded. I've seen a lot of reviews of this film that that are unsure how to take it, find it maybe a little bit baggy or too much sort of exposition or earnest dialogue. I actually really enjoyed it. It's 
but it is a little bit out there. It's not a it's a courtroom or legal case without a courtroom drama at the center of it, which is kind of the point Roman's trying to make about the legal system in America. It doesn't have an obvious forward momentum that's about investigating a case. It really is a very pure character study. And without sounding pretentious, it almost reminded me a little bit of a Shakespearean tragedy where you have this, you know, great hero who is undone by a tragic flaw. And I think in examining that moral unraveling and the way in which all the characters deal with that, you you end up with a really beautiful film. If I wanted to criticise it, I would say that in the character that Carmen Ajogo plays, Maya, the woman, um, I think she's given not very much to do. And that's a shame. Uh, This really is a one-man show, maybe with a side order of Colin Farrell. At any rate, I really hope you check out Roman J. Israel Esquire. I think it's a really complicated, unusual, yes, slow-paced, kind of languorous character study. And I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And would I say it's Denzel Washington's greatest work? I don't know, because I think that guy's a great actor. I look at movies like Training Day. I look at movies like Malcolm X. I mean, heck, even Crimson Tide. I mean, he's a great actor. And this is yet another expression of his versatility. So if you want to check out the movie, it has a running time of 122 minutes and is rated PG-13 in the USA and 12A in the UK for infrequent strong language and moderate violence. It played the Toronto Film Festival last year and opened last year in the USA and Canada. It opens in the UK and Ireland this Friday. Right, now let's move on to Journey's End. Okay, so Journey's End is a film that I saw last year at the London Film Festival. And it wasn't one of the films I was really anticipating in the manner of, say, The Shape of Water. It came to the festival rather quietly, and I didn't really know much about it. It's directed by a chap called Saul Dibb, who also directed Sweet Francaise, which I didn't really take to, but also the Kira Knightley film The Duchess, which I did very much like. And he has adapted what I believe is a very famous stage play by R.C. Sheriff called Journey's End, which is a very tragic and powerful and emotional tale of British soldiers serving on the front line in the trenches of World War One. And what I think is really admirable about this film is that it doesn't feel stagey, as some of these adaptations can. Saul Dib manages to capture all the claustrophobia and tension of trench warfare without us ever feeling like we're on a set or we're sort of in a constrained artificial environment, which I think is really amazing. He uses what I believe is a Welsh location to really good effect. His film beautifully, beautifully depicts mists rising above the trench. You can almost feel the sort of damp, stale, cold air. And the way in which he lights the film is really amazing. There's a lot of scenes which are lit with candlelight inside the dugout, which is incredibly atmospheric and just adds to the sense of camaraderie between the soldiers, but also this grey tinged despair. So what is the film about? It opens with a very naive, very young new officer requesting to join C Company in France. And that soldier is played by Asa Butterfield, who many of you will know from Ender's Game. 
Um, I think he's a really superb young actor, actually, very thoughtful, very intelligent. But he looks kind of younger than his age. And I think that really works well here. He has these incredibly piercing blue eyes. And he's just full of that you know, dolce et decorum est pro patria mori spirit. He's going off to fight the war and he's going to join the company that is commanded by a chap called Stanhope, played by Sam Claflin. And Stanhope is a person that Raleigh knew at school as an as an older boy and respected and was, you know, probably one of these hearty jocks and sort of inspirational young men. But obviously, Raleigh has no idea what the war has done to him. And when he gets to the trench, he realises that Stanhope has become incredibly cynical, bitter, broken, indeed, an alcoholic. What makes it even worse is that Stanhope wants to hide this from Raleigh or somehow, I don't know, is ashamed of himself because he's engaged to be married to Raleigh's sister and doesn't want her to find out. So when Raleigh gets to the trench, Stanhope understandably holds him at arm's distance and it's left to his junior officers to take Raleigh under their wing. And these are just two fantastic characters. The first is Uncle, because he's a little bit older than the other guys in the trench, played by Paul Bettany, who is, you know, the absolute epitome of the stiff upper lip. But there's just such beautiful care underneath that. And actually, when I think of the Oscars, I think that um, Sam Claflin as Stamped Hope, it's a small film, so it wasn't going to get noticed. But my goodness, he should have been nominated for Best Actor because I think he really is heartbreakingly convincing as this broken man in the trenches. But I also really like Paul Bettany's performance as as uncle. Um, And in some ways, he's the person who I emotionally connected with most and enjoyed his time on screen the most. And he's balanced or counterbalanced by Trotter, played by Stephen Graham, um, who you might know from This Is England. Um, He plays a working class sort of sort of very jovial character, sort of spirit of blighty and all that sort of stuff. And then there's a third officer called Hibbert, played by Tom Sturridge, who is a very slippery, interesting character. He's a sort of charming ladies' man and may or may not be faking neuralgia to get away from the front, uh, something that Stanhope is really not going to have anything of. So those are your main characters. A lot of the action takes place in and around the officers' dugout as they are ordered to take part in what's basically a near-suicide mission to get intelligence about the um, start of the German spring offensive. In other words, they're going to have to cross into enemy territory. And I have to say that this film, I found myself tensing up towards the end of it and just physically reacting to the terror of these men who I'd come to really admire going off into this uh, just horrific situation. I think there's something beautifully poised in those final very tense scenes about the balance between the characters of Stanhope and Uncle. Their characters so very opposite in dealing with attention and yet this underlying respect. And I don't know how to express it. All I can say is I think this is a film that deeply affects one. And even now, as I recall having seen it last October, many months later, 
I am overwhelmed by the emotion that it made me feel at the time. And I think maybe that's the most one can ask of a film. So I cannot do anything but recommend and commend Journey's NTO. I think it's an absolutely astonishing film featuring performance of real depth and vulnerability. Um, and Sam Claflin really impressed me here. The film has a running time of 107 minutes. It played Toronto and London last year and is released in the UK this Friday. However, whatever you see at the film, whether it's these two films, any other of the new releases, there's so much good stuff still on. You've still got the post in cinemas, for instance. I hope you have a great deal of fun at cinema and look forward to chatting again with you soon. Thank you very much for listening. 